Welcome to the Food, Family and Friends podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. Now it's time to join your host, Vanessa Baxter. here with Renee Wright. Sun's streaming in the window, so mm. that's exciting. Isn't it nice? Yeah. So beautiful. I love a bit of that sunshine. I know, because yesterday was absolutely awful. Hideous. So. But mm. kind of nice too. It's nice to be cozied up on a rainy day with a newborn baby. So, Well, I know. <laughs> and thank you so much for talking to me. I cannot believe you have been so generous with your time. Not at all. Having nice three children under five must be absolutely crazy in your house at the moment. Crazy is the perfect way to sort of sum it up, it's it's insane, really. It is just um, the witching hour rolls around, which the witching hour is, it's misleading. It's more witching hours <laughs> from <laughs> about things go pear-shaped from about 3.30 till about 7 o'clock, 7.30. But yeah, they're just over the day, they're tired, they're hungry, they're wanting all my attention and trying to, you know, what it's like being mm. a mum, trying to run around, get everyone fed, get things sorted, get them in their PJs, get them bathed, all of the... It is quite a routine. routine when they're that young and they and they can't do it for themselves. That's right. So they really do need mum and everyone needs mum at exactly the same moment. You know it, you know it, <laughs> absolutely. And especially my four-year-old at the moment's in a cast up to his hip. So I'm carrying the newborn, but I have to carry him around too because he broke his leg on the trampoline. So that was not um, a not planned ideal thing. No, exactly. So, yeah, but that's what life's like, isn't it? It's crazy. You never know what's around the corner. It is. I think it's so crazy being a mum in general, mm. whether you've got one, two or three. So true. Uh, it is just such a crazy journey and like you, um, you know, you're out there, you're in the public eye, you're trying to do a job or you've sort of loosely gone back to work, haven't you? Work's amazing. Work's like a break. I bet. That's (laughs) what I was going to say. It's probably like a break. It's like, yay, I go, I get my hair done, my makeup done. That's it. in front of the public and that is my break. That is, it is so true. (laughs) It's just the peace and quiet. No one's fighting. No one's screaming, mom, I need this, mom, I need that. And it's just, yeah, those hours in which I can go and there and concentrate on grown-up things and do emails and write my scripts and and it's just nice to have that outlet it's such a treat for me as a mum and when I go back to the kids I feel refreshed do you know because being Mm. a mum it's so hard it's relentless do you know it just it doesn't stop and there's always something and there are some days in which you don't sit down you're just go 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 and you're on that little treadmill and so to go to work and be able to sit down at a computer and and oh that's incredible <laughs> it is incredible and i i think that only mums genuinely only mums get yeah. that the fact that you just in just sort of like as a brush away comment said you know some days you don't get to sit down yeah the number of times I've thought to myself, genuinely for 10 hours today, I have not sat down. And yeah. how often do you sit down in your own home, yeah. look around and feel guilty that you have sat down? Yes, that's so true. If yeah, that's 
absolutely right. If I am sitting down and because I'm feeding my newborn, I'm sitting there and I'm staring at the washing and it's almost like I can't stop looking at it. I'm like, I've got to get that done. I've got to get that done. Oh, that's right. I haven't done that and I haven't done this. And and you just start building the list in your head. And, and if you do get a moment to yourself, you scream around at a million miles an hour trying to do that. So yeah, it's, it's that, you know, being a mum is the hardest job in the world, full stop. Absolutely. I totally and utterly agree. And I think we beat ourselves up a lot about it too. And, um, you know, I'm constantly sort of thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't just screamed at the kids. You know, even though they're teenagers, I I wish I hadn't said it like that or I wish I hadn't screamed at them or I see their face afterwards and and beat myself up over it. Yes. But we're all human. That's right. And no one taught us. Yeah. You know, how to be a mum, how to be the best mum ever and how to take the time for yourself or... They don't come with an instruction manual and uh, they don't tell you that they're born with a truckload of guilt as well. I know. (laughs) Mother's guilt. Everything you do, you you feel guilty about it one way or the other. So I think that as women, we are super hard on ourselves, but we should really be giving ourselves a pat on the back Mm. because it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of awesome mums, we're actually in your mum's house. I know. I couldn't survive without my mum. She's, she's incredible. Fantastic. She is. She's just another pair of hands. She's got Arabella at the moment. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's so wonderful. I lean on her so heavily and I know how lucky I am to have her mm. nearby. Um, I know so many, like you, you don't have your mum nearby and no. it's, um, it's, it's hard. It's just even it on a physical level, we just having an extra pair of hands, but on that emotional and mental level as well, you know, someone to vent to or, or to talk about, mum, this is hard, and you know she gets it. And sometimes yeah. you don't even have to say it. She, she already can, yeah, knows. She's like, Do you need a cup of tea? Or yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just one of those things that that mother's intuition they call it, don't they? Do you want to go to Arabella right now? Um, Are you worried? Mum will come down and she'll give me the look if I need it. Okay. <laughs> we may have to podcast and feed. That's what that we do fine. as mums. We multitask. That is absolutely <laughs> fine. And I'm sure many listeners can completely relate and go, yep, of course they're multitasking. Yeah, they're women. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Renee, on the subject of food, because, you know, I'm all about food and family and friends and uh, – you know, I obviously met you or know you um, as a co-ambassador for Ronald McDonald yes. House, which, you know, I hold deep to my heart, Me as too. you do, yeah. I know. And it's such a fantastic charity and it's all about family and food, it which is, is amazing. Yes. So um, it would be fantastic to be able to chat to you about, you know, your philosophy around food. I mean, obviously at the moment you're just frantic. You're probably <laughs> just feeding whatever you can get into your children and you're probably at that stage in life. But how has food played a, you know, a factor in your life as growing up and how did you end up being ambassador at Ronald McDonald House? Okay, well, actually, it is all about food. Um, Starting with how I became an ambassador, mum and dad used to own five McDonald's. So, food. Um, And they, every year, as you know, a lot of the children, unfortunately, may not make it to Christmas. Mm. So every year, mum and dad decided that they would do a midwinter Christmas party. So that we'd travel up from Hamilton because that's where their McDonald's were. And they'd, um, they'd get a lot of their staff that say, do you want to come and help out? And they'd put on, uh, we'd bring the food and they'd put on a big Christmas meal. like Because to my mum... Christmas is everything and we have a big family dinner together and it's all about having, you know, the roast veggies and everything, even though it's summer. And um, so we'd do a midwinter Christmas party and there'd be a Santa and uh, some gifts and a big 
meal for everyone. And it was just a feel good middle of winter, you know, when everyone's a bit down in the dumps and, Mm. you know, and um, just a chance to sit around and talk and, and, you know, in the house, um, sharing a meal together um, is so, it can be therapeutic a lot of the time because uh, I spoke to a mum up there once and she said uh, she was having a really tough day. It had been a rough couple of days with, with her child and she sat down and she was talking to some other mums who had things that in her mind were even worse than what she was going mm-hmm. through. And she was like, this helps me. This helps me put this, feel a little bit better about my situation or, you know. Put it into so, perspective. Put, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, you know, it's it's they're going through the biggest fight of their lives up there and the biggest challenge that they would ever have to face. I think it's, it's every parent's worst nightmare to ever have to face a sick child or, you know, um, there's nothing worse than that. Mm-hmm. And um, to have that support or to have someone who says, you know, I get it. I, I get what you're going through, even if it's just that. It's um, And to be able to have something to eat because, you know, even with, I know it's nothing, I can't even compare the situation, but some days as a mum, you don't even get a chance to eat. I said, Correct. So, you so do not sit that, down and you often do not exactly, eat. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I, the other day I, I was telling mum there was a story, mum had realised that I, had, I wasn't getting the chance to have dinner at night time. And so she brought me around a piece of salmon and I was like, so looking forward to this piece of salmon, which was ridiculous, but I was excited about it. And I thought I had everything covered and I was like high-fiving myself. I was like, yes. Just as I took the salmon out of the oven, everyone started screaming. I'm rushing over and getting with the salmon on the plate and of course splat the salmon goes all over the floor oh, and it's just like, <laughs> and it's just that basically sums it up you know everyone's screaming and the fish is on the floor so that's yep. you know that's sometimes life as a mum so in the house if you can sit down and share a meal together then that's that's just it's something you know it, oh it, totally yeah. and, and it uh, is their communal space isn't it that's you know right. that is the place that they come together communally and they that's don't right. have to Absolutely. but they want to and that's yeah. what I always find fascinating that's in there they right. want to exactly exactly and it's um that that's kind of how I got involved because mum and dad would set that up and they'd give us the day off school so we were super excited we were kids going up to play with other kids in the house which is you know it's mm, important yeah thing. because there's often a lot of uh, um, siblings there. Um, I know they've got the, they run the schools there and things like that. So it's um, it's nice for the kids to have other kids to play yeah. with who understand the situation as yeah. well. So um, we'd go up and we'd have this day. And when, as I got older and I was looking sort of looking at having children of my own, I think it really starts to hit home. Just you know how important the Ronald McDonald House is mm. for Kiwi families uh, going through this horrific time in their lives. So um, that's why I was like, no, I, I'm lucky. I've got healthy children and I'm so grateful for that every day and I don't take it for granted. So it's um, I wanted to help out where I can. Mm. Because I can, it's important for me to support those that, that are not so fortunate in that way so that's why I'm really passionate about it and I just you know they do I'm blown away every time I go to the house what an incredible job they do totally totally I know I think everyone is amazing there uh you know the volunteers Mm. the staff absolutely everyone and all the companies that go in and cook for the families right and the number of times I've cooked and you sort of feel uh oh gosh are they being asked to stand up and say thank you yeah but they're not it's become like a cultural thing for 
for them mm. to do at the house. So one family sees another family doing it one night. So they think, oh, I'd like to stand up and say thank you tonight. And they're genuine. They're like, yes. oh, my goodness, the thought yeah. of coming back from the hospital yeah. and having to sit there and cook three, you know, maybe some protein, some gorgeous vegetables and a salad for my kids would, I, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. So to come yeah. back and you've done it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. You, I, they can't even really express how That's grateful it. they are. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And that they, you know, that I guess they'd be so tired and so exhausted that it's just one of those things that you don't have to worry about that you can sit down and um, it's just, it's more than just foods, foods, emotional for me as well, you know, as as I'm sure it is for you, it's more than just a physical thing, you know, feeding your body. It's it's that shared experience. So um, that's why it's so important in the house as well, I think. So, mm. yeah. so how about at home? How many brothers and sisters have you got? I've got a brother and a sister. So and there's three of us and that's, I think, why I was always kind of stuck on the idea that I wanted three children. Yeah, I wonder if it works like that because I'm yeah. a bit like that too. Yeah. I mean, I did have a little girl and we lost her and then we've got the two boys and I guess it probably was more conscious for us well, we've been blessed with two really healthy boys and we were really, you know, it was it was a privilege to have them thinking that maybe we wouldn't be able to have kids after um, we lost our little girl. So I guess in one way it was just we should be grateful and that's it. And also... Oh, by the time you've gone through all those experiences, yeah. we were kind of like, that's it, we're, yeah. we're here now and that's yeah. how we're going to move forward. But I also think it's very much, you know, my husband's from a family of two and I'm from a family of two, so two feels right. Yes. And you're from a family of three, so three feels right. That's so. right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Funny, isn't it? And I think um, because I had such a wonderful childhood, like it was so happy and and it was always with my brother and my sister, so I've got that in the back of my mind and I think, oh yeah, you always want that for your children as Definitely. well. You just want them to be happy and healthy. So that sort of plays a role in it as well. I'm thinking, yeah, I wouldn't be without my brother. I wouldn't be without my sister. So yeah, it's nice. So your parents owned McDonald's, which, mm-hmm. you know, is a story in itself, but they obviously were, you know, really fantastic about giving back. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, Ron and McDonald House is the, you know, epitome of the good side of big companies, which, yeah. you know, can come under media fire a lot for all the cons mm. um, of being big companies or fast food outlets. But, um, you know, there always is uh, a positive or a really um, good side um, to the social give back, which, you know, is very paramount through mm. the work that they do with Ronald McDonald House and supporting financially that institution. But as kids, for you, you know, were there just like the regular family meals? Did you sit down at the table with mum and dad? Was that something that was pleasurable for you or were mum and dad so busy that you didn't really get a chance to eat um, as a family? They were always really busy, but they always made time for us. Like the evening meal has always been round the table. It's like even now mum and dad's... um, townhouse it's not as big but they've got the big dining room table because that's so important we always have to sit at the table for dinner because that was the time in which we'd all sit down and we'd talk about our day and good things and you know what's happened and and we're a family that talks a lot (laughs) (laughs) so that's why it's so important and um even if there were days in which say a friday night in mcdonald's is always really busy so my sister and i would be popping Happy Meals in the drive-through, sitting there popping up the boxes. That was our little job. Oh, so you know, were the teenage. Get, that was that's your right. first job. Yeah, the, absolutely it, on drive-through. Yes, yep. as we graduated from making Happy Meals to actually being able to serve people. Oh, <laughs> you and did you love that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty cool, you yeah. know, with the headset and the rest of it. So. <laughs> 
I don't know how cool in hindsight, but for us, <laughs> it gave us that sense of we were helping out and we were doing our part and uh, it was it was cool. It was nice. So And it kept us out of trouble. We were <laughs> so busy and then we ended up going to boarding school. So yeah, that was, that was oh, you know, how, we were there. So, oh, there we go. Yeah. Boarding school. Hmm. How did that change the whole food thing for you? Well, or was it good food? I became a vegetarian. <laughs> Very quickly when Very they started quick. slapping down those bits of meat. That's it, which is kind of crazy. The vegetarian meals were really nice. Yep. But I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie and I like food. So I was, I was looking at the vegetarian meals and they looked so exotic, I guess, because they were putting extra care into preparing them. And so, yeah, I've not eaten red meat or four-legged animals since I was about 12. Oh, so you were still vegetarian? Yeah. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> just, I just, I didn't miss it. And yeah, it's up until Arabella, my pregnancy with her, I've never needed any iron supplements or anything. So I don't know whether my body's just adapted to the fact that it doesn't get it from red meat. Um, but it's, yeah, I've, I've vegetables are full of iron, some yeah. of them, and, and I eat fish. Yep. Uh, so yeah, just four-legged animals I don't eat. So like chicken and yeah. fish, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, boarding school food, not so flash, but... Uh, Again, very, it was very much in the way that we'd sit at big tables and it was in Hawke's Bay mm-hmm. um, and your beautiful fresh produce in Hawke's Bay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'd all have our joint dinners and uh, lunchtime was always together. On a Wednesday morning, we'd get a hard-boiled egg if you got up early enough. That was the day in which we had to change our sheets. So we had to oh, wow. rip our bedding off, get it down to the laundry and then quickly get to the dining hall. Otherwise, you'd miss out on the boiled eggs, which were amazing. So. <laughs> Fantastic. That's yeah. such a cool memory. Yeah, yeah. So that was that's the hustle at boarding school. Um, and were they yeah. quick meals? Like, did you have to eat quite quickly? And yeah, 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 they were. And because after you know at boarding school, there's routine. Everything's routine. So after dinner, we had. We're, I think we we're allowed to watch five minutes of the six o'clock news, sort of the first five minutes, and then we had to go off to prep, which was homework time. So for a couple of hours, or I, I'd do dancing. So on a two nights a, a week, I'd go off to dancing instead of prep which was quite cool so anything to get out of home exactly exactly yeah Yeah. so from Hawke's Bay boarding school Mm -hmm. then then where did you what happened to you after that but uh six and seven form I ended up going to um a school in Hamilton yep uh just it got to that stage where I was like oh no I'd quite like to head back home again with mum and dad and um yeah so I was rowing and things at that school so you know when you're rowing you've got to fuel your body yes in that way and that was awesome I loved rowing but you eat sleep and you row that's it Mm. (laughs) um and then after that I was working in radio as I was studying journalism at uh, university and uh, I went to Disney World for a few months in Florida and performed in a couple of their shows oh really yeah and that that was fun and then um, came home and I auditioned for a show called Headliners. Right. And I got it, yep. which was sort of Hollywood news and things. So that was on, it was kind of Judy Bailey's warm-up gig. So at 5.30 just before the news. Yep. And then the rest is history. I've been in TV since. Ever since. So, yeah. Amazing. But I mean, TV's kind of crazy hours and often long hours. And, you know, a lot of media people say that they have to eat on the run. Yeah. Uh, and they're not kind of sitting down quietly, being mindful of what they're actually eating. You know, is this mm-hmm. constant torment. Uh, you know, I've even, Hilary Barry, I, I've heard her say, oh gosh, 
hungry, in my tummy now, you know. Yeah. She's sort of, oh, gosh, I wish we weren't talking about food because it's yeah. reminding me how hungry I am. Yes. Uh, and I think that's just constant in that industry, mm. isn't it, yeah. that you, you really are in a rush. So, you know, is that – my perception of that is that, you, you know, everyone's probably just eating on the run, yeah. not necessarily sitting down having pretty good food. I think so. Mm. And um, when I was doing – I was doing a show called Getaway, which is um, a travel show. I know they have it in Australia. Yes. And um, that that was an, another whole thing altogether because sometimes – lose days traveling and flying and things like that and one of the things that I kind of learned from flying so much is that I wouldn't eat the meals on the planes so much I'd take my own snacks or things like that or eat the fresh food because um, it would just play havoc with my stomach Um, and then when you'd fly into certain places you started to know that the food where to go for the food but the fresher the better often Mm. um was the best way but it's um yeah it's interesting even I used to do the late news for a good couple of years and so that was uh again another challenge because we wouldn't finish till midnight so you're kind of you'd push back your meal time to so you weren't sort of snacking at 11 30 mm-hmm. at night and the one thing that I noticed early on when I started the late shifts was I'd eat lollies to try yes, and the sugar yeah, yeah to give me that hit but it would affect my speech when I was, oh, no. because it would give you such a high that you almost felt like a bit manic. And uh, a lot of people say, like we had a director, she'd be like, don't eat uh, foods with, what is it? Is it aspartame? Yes. That, that yes. It's a fake, fake sugar. sugar. That, she said, plays havoc with people's speech. It can make you stutter. Which is interesting coming from a director, but it, she seemed to think that when presenters would have that, like if they'd drink a Diet Coke or something, thinking they were being healthy rather than uh, yes. eating sugar, she said that would make you stutter. And so things like that you start to notice. Um, it's funny how well, huge a role food plays. It plays <laughs> such a huge yeah. role. And I think, you know, um, as we get more educated about it, it's really interesting listening to what you're saying because that's what people are suddenly realising. And, I mean, I was the same, Renee. You know, I'd be maybe doing functions late when I was catering or even now if I'm doing a corporate team build or something and it gets late. Mm. And then you go, oh, gosh, I just need something really quickly. And that's always the danger, isn't it? Because that's when you grab for something that's packaged or something that isn't particularly healthy and you need a quick fix. And I'm a bit like you. I've got a sweet tooth in the sense that I'd probably go for a packet of lollies or something and feel absolutely ill about five to ten minutes later I'd actually feel really quite sick if Mm. I'm stopping and being really mindful of how I'm feeling and it suddenly dawned on me that is the sugar yeah that's because I have not put anything remotely nutritional into my body I haven't helped myself at all I probably should have had a drink of water or something you know but instead you quickly grab something and then later you can actually feel quite queasy that's right it's scary actually it is um, and that worries me for kids. So I see walking along the street eating lollies and things. I think, yeah. oh, my goodness, you know, what are they running on? They're kind mm. of running on no nutrition, a quick sugar fix, and they're yeah. going to feel quite ill a little bit later on. That's it. You almost you, – you reach this high really quickly, and then you almost crash yep. from that, and yep. then you just feel – like awful. rubbish. Yeah. Awful. Um, and it's it's interesting again because then when I had two pregnancies, uh, sort of back to back more or less, there's 19 months between Leo and Gigi, and I was doing that late shift, I then had to think again what I was eating because of how it would affect the baby as well. So I started doing things like trying to prepare, say I'd make a fish pie or something at 
the night before so at least I could take that in and have that and heat that up uh, for my dinner rather than trying to go off and eat something, you know, junky or packaged or, yeah, um, and just fill that up with spinach and things like that as yeah, well. Yeah, good so, things for your body yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, it plays such a huge role in how we feel and just your day-to-day function. But absolutely, you're sitting at your computer eating it while you're doing your work. I know, I know. And how about for your kids? I mean, what's your sort of hopeful vision I mean obviously right now you're in frantic stage but I'm sure you know you've got this sort of gorgeous feeling about how you grew up with your two siblings and you know happy spaces and happy places and you know once you're past this kind of phase of just trying to manage your day which every mum goes through trust me you know have you sort of got a a feeling of how um you know you can see food playing a role for your kids I mean you're vegetarian Mm -hmm. do you cook I cook meat absolutely for the kids. I think it's important for their brain development and all of that. That's just, I'm not educated on that at all, but it's just a feeling. You know, I grew Mm. up um, eating red meat and all of that, and I just think a nice balanced uh, diet for the kids is really important. If they want to make those choices when they're older, they're more than welcome to, but I'm going to leave that to them, not do that. The only choices that I make for them is I try and give them a good range of healthy foods and... So far, it seems to have worked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, breastfeed them till they're 14 months. I breastfeed Leo and Gigi till 14 months. And uh, before and when you introduce solids, it's always vegetables just steamed and mealy mashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes with, you know, a little bit, I might do like a lamb shank and put some of that in it and mealy mash it up. It, it looks horrendous. But they love it. <laughs> but they love it, Exactly. <laughs> And I've never had any issues. I guess I'm lucky with them eating vegetables or fruit or anything like that. They will happily sit there and eat broccoli and not think about it. But I've just always just put it in front of them with the expectation that they'll eat it. I think that's really important. That's exactly the same as me, Yeah, And maybe I'm lucky too. I don't Mm. know. And there's no judgment on... um, from me on parents who have fussy kids, except yeah. I have just always put food in front of them and yeah. it's like that's what's there and yeah. that's what you need to eat and it's no discussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and and yeah, and it, it and works for them. Mm. Yeah. I know I feel for people uh, who have children with allergies, that must be so hard. And it to me I'm I just take my hat off to them because it it I look at them and think that must must take so much extra effort. It must take a <laughs> lot of really, effort. Because really, my kids eat plain food, to be honest. Mm-hmm. At night time, it's meat and vegetables. And um, yeah, but that that's what works for me. I find that easy for me to do as opposed to, yeah. But it's real food, isn't mm. it? And we're really lucky because yeah. we're here and we're in New Zealand and there's beautiful produce for us to just Absolutely. cook. So why would you not do yeah. that? But I think, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter which country you're in. I think if you come back to looking at cultures and the original foods that they ate before a massive kind of packaged industry mm-hmm. has grown up around us, you know, I mean, obviously I've lived a lot of time in Southeast Asia. If you stop on the side of the road and they're cooking fresh food in front of you, how fantastic is that, mm. that people who are in a rush um, and in, in a situation that they can't stop and eat for a long time can still actually purchase 
freshly cooked food right in front of them on the side of the road. And it might not be what you and I choose to eat every Mm. day, but wow, that is so much better than buying something fully processed, put into a packet and maybe sitting on a shelf for a year before it's bought. I just think, gosh, we need to go back a little bit more to that. I think convenience foods have their place. We all need them at Mm. some time. Sometimes we do need to grab something that's convenient and I'm all for it if you need it. But I think, you know, we need to also, um, you know, sort of appreciate the cultures where they're cooking fresh food on the side of the road or in very, very um, kind of non-salubrious environments, I guess you could say, because at the end of the day, it's fresh, it's freshly cooked and Mm -hmm. it's nourishing for people. And that might be the only meal they get like that for the day. I think, you know, it's really important. Exactly. And and that that's so important what you just said. Like for me, even if it's one meal that they get in and it's good food, then that's a win. I'm like, I'll take exactly. it. Exactly. That's so exactly. good. Exactly. And I'm really like you, it's all about balance and everything in moderation. Yeah. And yeah, let them make the choices later on or, mm. you know, look back and say, gosh, you know, that whole generation. I mean, I look back mm. at my mum and I go, wow, she was such a great cook. And I love the way she had us always sitting around the table and having mm-hmm. beautiful home-cooked food. We had a lot of sugar, a lot yep. of baking, uh, and that's just a generation thing. And I look mm-hmm. back and think, well, we didn't know any better, and it still gave us a beautiful family home and yep. the feeling that everyone wanted to come to our house because there was always beautiful yeah. fresh baking there. And we didn't live on it. Yeah. Somehow we kind of knew that was just for some times mm-hmm. um, and to keep a really balanced look and approach on it. So now we've got better education and we're like, oh, gosh, okay, we shouldn't be completely indulging in sugar mm-hmm. sort of all day long. Mm-hmm. But it's okay yeah. to have everything there as long as you're just being conscious of the choices That's right. that you're making. And I think uh, for me, home homemade cookies – are so much better than something from a packet, like a, a packet cookie. So I'm like, yeah, that's okay. It's made with butter and it's made of mm-hmm. these things. And I think they they all have their place. My mum does something uh, with baking. She substitutes sugar for coconut sugar mm-hmm. um, as a way to it, – it's not as sweet, but it still does the trick. Yeah, less um, refined. It feels, yeah, it feels a little bit healthier than, than the white sugar. Um, but yeah, there are little tricks like that that you can use, and you know, like agave syrup or maple syrup or honey. Um, Leo has a, a teaspoon of honey each day. So, you know, it's it's a hundred plus, which is the little. I'm yep. not sure what it's called, but it, it it feels like it's healthy for him, and he he enjoys that. So um, there's just little things like that that you can do, and also um, I don't know, just serve it up to them and see. Let them have a go and and see. And most of the time, kids are pretty good. They'll try it. Um, sometimes they'll say absolutely not, and that's that. But <laughs> <laughs> but you can I normally only wear it. Try <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like get flicked in my face. So, what sort of favourite family meals do you? sort of enjoy we like fajita friday oh fajita friday i love it i love it you got a little tagline that's cool yeah they love making their own wrapping wraps yeah Yeah, that's all right so and they get the carrot and they put it on the cucumber and there's something in that where they like to prepare it themselves leo Mm. loves cooking so he's always wanting to help he i think it's because since he was little i sort of would plonk him on the bench and he'd help me with things 
It's awesome, Gigi loves it? eating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's really nice. It's like a nice little bonding thing that we do together. Um, they normally get spaghetti bolognese because it's easy for me. <laughs> and do they love it? Because my they boys do. still ask. Yeah. For, like, they love it even though they're teenagers. Yeah, that's, that's like the right. ultimate comfort that's food. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, just things that are easy for me, like, and then just meat and veg, mm. like, during the week. Um, but the spaghetti bolognese is so great because it normally lasts a couple of days as well. Like, you can have it the next day. Um, but... Gigi calls it worms. She's like, oh, oh, can I have worms? Yeah. So <laughs> sounds awful to everyone else feeding my child worms. But yeah, it's got um, I love it. the mince and the spaghetti on it. So yeah, and it's nice. And you can do all sorts of things. Like if they won't eat carrots or if they won't eat zucchini, or you can grate that Get in. Get it in and, there. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. And, uh, none the wiser. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um what else was I going to ask you, Renee? There was something along there that you said, uh, but I can't remember. Have you travelled? Have you travelled and obviously with, with the travel getaway, show? Yeah. yeah. But where, also um, with mum and dad each year, they would try and take us away on a family holiday. So growing up, we travelled then as well. So, yeah. And did you always enjoy the food that you tried in other places? Always. Yeah. Yeah. It was so exciting. And that, I, I guess, because I love eating. Um Anytime I go somewhere, I love to go and sort of try the different food. And it's nice to ask the locals as well because they'll tell you the real places to go. There's a place in Vietnam, uh, which maybe you might know. I can't remember the name of it, but it means one fish. And there's only one thing on the menu, and it's this fish. fish. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's like a – is it a, a faux or fur? And it's so you put in the soup and you they make it in front of you. They bring it out on a sizzling plate and then you put it all together yourself. But it was mm. so delicious. I was like, yeah, they're doing one dish and they're doing it so well. <laughs> I think that is um, a, a, a very typical of Southeast Asia in general. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, definitely Vietnam where they have a cafe or restaurant yes. for a dish. Yes. So you go and you have fur and that is all you can have in that cafe is yeah. fur and they do it so well. Yes, you know, it's and then delicious. There's other places, you know, where they just do dump. Yeah. And it's just dumplings. Don't mm-hmm. try to go there and order something else. Yeah. That's their specialty. And yes. oh my gosh, it's so good. Isn't yeah. It? It's so it, good. Amazing. I was just like, I could drink a million bowls of this. It's so delicious. But then um, as well, I find if you ask people, they often have their favorites. Like I remember Trilly Scooper said once um, that she went to this place on the Amalfi Coast, which we were going to for getaway, and they do a lemon pasta. Now, the mm. Amalfi Coast. If you've been, it's the air smells like lemon. It's so beautiful, I love that and it's place, just by the yeah, way. I love it. And their lemons are like lemons. Do you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. amazing, so fresh, and so this pasta was incredible. And it's just so simple again, but so delicious. Do you know you've reminded me of the craziest story? I travelled with a friend for six weeks through Italy when I was like way younger, and we basically went on a complete foodie trip. And everywhere <laughs> we went, we were determined we. Were we're going to have the dish of that town yes. because every town has a specialty dish and we would do exactly as you've described and ask people you know mm. where should we eat and what's the specialty dish and it's all we'd go around during the day and we'd look at all the menus which they tended to post yes. initially out the front of their restaurants and we'd suddenly you know it would dawn on us what was the local dish if we didn't already know because it would start to come up on all the menus and you'd get the drift that that was the specialty of the town Anyway, we had great success in most places and we were having these amazing meals and I wrote a diary about it and it was amazing. And then we went to the Amalfi Coast and I think it was Santa Margarita de Ligure. We were staying there and we had this meal. We realised that it was all about marinara. Every, right. you know, you had to have a pasta with marinara. 
And we sat there and this pasta came out and it was clearly tinned or frozen seafood. And we were absolutely devastated. I was like, this is just not good enough. You know, we've spent the whole day working out where to eat. So we ate, Mm. left. Found another cafe, sat down, <laughs> ordered, and re ate all over again because yes. we refused, completely yeah. refused to this accept will not do. <laughs> yeah, that we were going to leave with a bad feeling yeah. about the dish in that town. And it oh. was like two dinners to ensure we got the right meal. Yeah. And I just, I think, that, you know, it was hilarious. It was that such a funny hilarious. memory. Yeah. I know, you're like, we're surrounded by all this water. How oh. does this happen? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just tourists and, yeah. oh, we, we'll be able to get away with yes. serving them that, but not me. No, that's it. <laughs> Little did they know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's fantastic travelling, isn't it? Because mm. it, um, it's such a cool way of understanding someone else's culture. Absolutely. By understanding their food and yeah. enjoying their food, even if you can't speak their language. That's right. Well, we went to, uh, with Getaway again, we went to a place in Tolfa, which is about 20 minutes north of Rome, and there's a cooking school there, and it's a couple who take you in, and they've revamped this old villa, but they teach you to cook the way that their family has. Now, the chef who's teaching you to cook doesn't speak a word of English, so everything's done through you do this, and it's, it's you know... yeah. You surprisingly cook a meal at the end of it. I was thinking, oh, Lord, what are we going to end up with? But it was amazing. And it's just you can convey so much through showing people and and Mm, just working through it that way. Yeah. Mm. That's what I'm all about, Renee. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Good way to finish our interview. Love it. Hey, before I let you go, I've got a few quick fire questions. Oh, boy. Okay. They're either or. So all you, you don't forgive have to me, mummy brain. So, yeah, okay, so good. I don't know your mummy brain. <laughs> three kids under five, one desperately ready for a feed, and you've been back at boot camp today. That's it. And I've come with a quick fire question, <laughs> so they're not too difficult though. You come don't have at to be me. Too Let's hard. do this. So I'm coming at you. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Bubbles or still water? Bubbles. Did you think I was thinking champagne or? <laughs> Just a uh, should I lie? Yeah. <laughs> Entree or dessert? Entree. Cream or yogurt? Yogurt. Poached eggs or fried? Poached. Europe or Asia? Europe. Sunshine or snow? Sunshine. Chunky soup or pureed? Chunky. That's probably because you have to puree your kids' yeah. food and you're finished <laughs> That's with That's right, that. exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Fries or chunky chips? Fries. Ah, see, that's that. You've been brought up on fries, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have a favourite cookbook Uh, that you'd be? Do you know Edmunds? I do. The (laughs) good old Kiwi basics. That's it. Exactly. And I know it's not fancy, but it's been around for a million years. I've got one that's falling apart. I think it was my grandmother's, and I always end up back at Edmunds. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, honestly, I think before I became you know, really, really, really into my cooking and, and food from all over the place when I was younger and just sort of hung out at mum's cooking. It was all about the Women's Weekly, yeah. the Australian Women's That's Weekly it. cookbooks, which That's are really it. similar to Edmund's. They're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to comforts and basics. That's it, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for your time Not and thank you for having Thanks me to me. your mum's place. It's oh, so lovely sitting here in the sun having a It's been lovely to see you as always. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll be touching base again at Ronald McDonald House at some Sounds point. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Renee. See you. 
thank you all for listening to another episode of Food Family and Friends podcast. It's really a pleasure to be able to share such amazing stories and journeys of our guests with you. If you would like some more recipe ideas, some tips, tricks, a little bit of blogging, then make sure you jump on the foodfamilyfriendspodcast.com website where we'll be sharing lots of information with you. Also, you can have a look at what other podcasts are out and about there in our world of podcasts on worldpodcasts.com. If you are in New Zealand, you can also take a look at podcasts.co.nz because there are some other fabulous podcasts. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure to have you on board this wonderful journey of the Food, Family and Friends podcast. I'll take what's good. Food, Family and Friends podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com.